Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. We can't talk about sex and relationships and even throw in tests and manifestation and and all the things (laughs) that until we talk, until we deal with this. Yes. Breakups and endings and walking away. We've touched a bit upon this in the season already Uh about how actually when we walk away thinking that's what we need to do rather than what we feel like doing, we're actually probably missing some very valuable information. I'm not going to go through that again. It was episode two for anyone who's interested. Okay, fair. But then the question does come, if that's maybe not the moment to walk away, when is? When do you walk away? And how do you know? Okay. Well, I think you answer that question for yourself. You, you've been there. Well, I was hoping that we would have a conversation about it. <laughs> yes. It begins with you sharing a story. So in a karmic attraction, you referred to a relationship that was a bit revolving door. Yeah. Yeah. In the first, in the first book, yeah. Yeah. First chapter. And you stayed in it until you didn't. And yes. that's how it was. And even though I you would talk me, about wanting oh, to walk I away. Now. Sorry, it was such a long time ago. Yeah, I it was a very now. long time ago. I remember this now. This isn't yes. who you are now. No, no, I remember <laughs> now. Okay, fine. I remember. Okay. Basically. Who's the goldfish today? <laughs> honestly, basically for me, it was actually really simple. Is that I remember I used to basically every Friday night, we would have some kind of argument and then I'd end up crying. And then one Friday night, for some reason, we didn't see one another. And I went to bed, no tears. And I remember waking up the next morning going, why do I feel so fresh this Saturday morning? And I realized that it was because I hadn't seen him the night before. And at that point, my eyes started opening to the fact that actually being with him was making me more unhappy than when I was alone. And that's kind of how I knew it was done. Hmm. Now, in terms of the relationship since, it's, you know, we joke about it. I always need to go back one last time to test out to make sure I'm really done. (laughs) But often there's kind of three or four things that leave, give me the tip-offs. One, mm. the energy just doesn't feel like there's, it's there anymore. That somehow I'm trying to source it or dig it out from a well that doesn't almost exist. Mm. And so I'm going through it's the motions. Up. Yeah, it's literally. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going through the motions, but there's no feelings to underscore it. And when they're not around me, I don't feel them. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like this weird psychic thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. I just don't feel them. Like, and if I do, it's more, they, it comes in an icky feeling rather than one that feels like light. Okay. So that's often a good way that I know. Mm-hmm. Second one is actually when I interact with them mm-hmm. and I find myself thinking, actually, whatever our interaction is, somehow it's making us feel kind of back to the first, unhappy in some way. Am I lighting you up or am I somehow making you feel lacking? Mm-hmm. Are you lighting me up? Or do I somehow feel lacking? Mm -hmm. And normally, for me anyway, when it's come to relationships, how do I know when they're done is when I can't find the light. Mm -hmm. Is that a good answer? Yeah, no, I think it's great. I'm like, I'm I'm listening because I'm like, this is great stuff. I was done now. Oh, okay. That's where you're Because that follows it. And what's funny is that sometimes they do recur. They do come back Mm -hmm. in a slightly different way or in a, so maybe one was lovers, now they're friends. Mm. sometimes it's a different relationship because well the thing is and that's the other thing that I've always noticed is that every moment we spend moving forward 
even if we feel like we're static, if we're still making choices and we're still moving forward, we're always growing, we're always evolving, however you want to term it. Yeah. I can't believe I use those two words, but we are always growing up, right? And rubbing off on you, Raya. So <laughs> if the person I didn't see for three months reappears in my life or a year reappears in my life or six mm-hmm. months or whatever it is, the relationship will naturally be different because I'm different, hmm. right? So in some ways the relationship has ended mm-hmm. and a new one has begun, whatever that is. Yeah. And I found that really interesting because when I look at fate and when I look at kind of 5D and harmony and things like that, and I think, well, that kind of really just shows how there really are no endings. No, there Because really aren't. even if I never see that person again, they're still a part of me like we discussed in the last episode. They're still a part of me and my growth. Therefore, mm-hmm. I am who I am because of them. In some way or another, because of our interactions with them. They've left an imprint on your fate tapestry. Yeah. So they are with me. Mm -hmm. But then also sometimes when they reappear. And and I don't think I'm... I hope I don't think I'm the exception in that case. Maybe I am because they always seem to reappear. But like... No, there's... There are a lot of people who will experience that. Yeah. The returns. Yeah. I don't or I didn't because I will generally burn every bridge. And also you got married very early so maybe you Not would have maybe, necessarily early but yeah yeah just in, in terms in, in your dating time. experiences yes. so like maybe had you not been married in your 20s mm-hmm. that you would have had more experiences of returns because you would have been possibly. more open to them possibly but yeah no i am a and bur- also i'm a, traveling all over the world like i'm a bridge burner in though, place. <laughs> yeah. i I, do, I pretty much i mean there are people like me though mm. you don't because you're just like nope i mean Texting wasn't a thing, but I have a friend who's very much like me. Just block, block, block. Wow. Yeah. I find I blocking am the strangest thing. Yeah. Um, Do you block people? No. No, not now because I only have friends. <laughs> yeah, but would you? I don't know. I can't say for certain. But again, if I'm a bridge burner, there's a chance I, I might block somebody that I used to date that I'm not interested in. I don't know. Possibly. Well, when you end it or like a year later? I don't know. Maybe if I ended it. I can't say for certain. I always find that the weirdest thing. Like, I remember we were discussing it recently. Like, we haven't spoken in two years, yet somehow I appear to be blocked. It's like, wow, I didn't think of you in those past two years, but you clearly thought of me at least once because you managed to block me. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, what? Well, some people, they just really want to feel like they just, for some people, they just want to draw a line. They just really want to draw a line under things and that's what allows them to move forward. But it's bullshit because actually it's just a play of mind because the fact of the matter is is that even if you've drawn a line, our experiences will have somehow shaped you. So I'm going to be there. You'll be there. But for some, it does underscore like I've moved on from this. And for some, it really, it's an energetic shift. For me, it was just energy where I just don't want that. Mm. I don't want that energy with me. Yes, Mm. you might be, I'll never forget you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hard as I try although my memory's so poor yeah. but it somehow seems to recall everything from my past my my far past so you're always going to be there but energetically I'm okay with the fact that there's nothing that can connect us Gosh, it's not harsh though I think people think it is but I know for me it's just my way of moving on you know it can happen with friends you know I've that's happened to me before with friends where they're just like you know what friendship breakup done I'm like okay I move on but I just think it makes so much more of a point to like go back after a while and block the person possibly I don't know I find it a bit lame 
and okay. no judgment. I mean, but, in the end, it almost doesn't matter. Though. But that's the point. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter really one yeah. way or another. I mean, whatever you, it's like you do you for mm. whatever reason you need to do you. Yeah. Right. Because I think that's and the thing though. Works. I think some people do, and this is just an alternative opinion. You know, when you kind of look at the kind of old ag- adage of like nature pours up a vacuum, which I believe in, it's almost like you need to create those shifts so clearly Mm-hmm. So it's like, I will block this person so that tomorrow I will meet someone new, mm-hmm. right? Possibly. And I used to be like that in terms of, I never blocked because I just found it really pathetic and lame. And like, honestly, you can always send a text. So blocking is just so symbolic. It really is <laughs> impractical in every sense. It's like burning um, a photo. It yeah, it's just, it means nothing. It just, it just doesn't work. <laughs> right. But, you know, there were, you know, there were points where I thought, oh, I must end it with this person explicitly mm-hmm. because otherwise I won't meet someone new right yeah and whilst, okay that's not that was not my approach no exactly <laughs> but whilst exactly and I think there's a lot of kind of stuff also wrapped up in that and I do think that of course when some someone exits our lives it makes room for someone else but it has to feel natural otherwise that person's just going to re-enter I also know by the way and just as a side note of many relationships not mine where they just block and unblock each other periodically just to piss the other person off Oh my God, what a game. That sounds really lame. Mean. But that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's very loaded now. I think being kind to someone and just saying, hey, listen, like this isn't going to work. And then you move on. And if yes, if they repeatedly text you and you don't, and you stop, yeah. you know, and they're not, re- you're not responding. So mm-hmm. they haven't got the message. Yeah. Blocking them because it's annoying to keep getting messages. 100% I understand it. Fair. But otherwise you can end things very nicely with love with someone mm-hmm. and also never have to speak to them again. Without, you know, anyway, moving on from the blocking that I've really focused on. (laughs) So yes, of course, allowing something to end, give space for someone new to come in or someone else or a new relationship of whatever kind, right? Mm -hmm. And the one thing I guess that I always think about is that as we've discussed in a comic affair, which which will be coming out soon enough, is that actually love is experienced by you. Yeah. We we think that it's shared between two people. That a person has to bring it out exactly exactly but actually it's it's experienced by you and you're just watching it reflected back to you right it's shared it's shared yeah i've said that all wrong (laughs) but um like basically love is not created by two people Mm -mm. it's individually experienced yes exactly that's it's shared by the individuals in the relationship as in we feel love when we're with each other yes but it's i got so much love yeah, exactly. In me, around me, I am love, I am the divine. And you are reflecting that back to me, super loving amounts, right? But it's not, love isn't dependent on another person. No. It's dependent on our capacity to love. Yeah. Which is why I've always said, and I think my friends have always hated it when I say this, someone can only love you as much as they are able to love. And that is literally, like, you can't say... Well, somebody can only share the love that you have when they have love to share too. Exactly. Right. Another way of saying it. Yes, exactly. So really, like, and because relationships really push us and help us grow and help us evolve and help us... help us. They help us grow. Yeah. And our evolution is a byproduct of that. But they... Our evolution is not dependent upon relationships. That's the distinction, which took me a long time to learn or understand. Okay, fine. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So really we need to be able to walk away from ones which we've kind of stagnated in so we can keep on moving forward exactly so we walk away for two fundamental reasons go on right so the first is that there's no more room for growth or evolution like you said like they're not changing we're not changing exactly something's not happening and you know one or the other doesn't wish to change it's like 
this is enough. It's the complacency we discussed, right? Mm. It's just there's no more light yeah. in it. Yeah. Because you're not you're no longer being able to reflect my light back to yeah. me effectively. And so what happens is when we become complacent, the light will eventually diminish slow doses, like sm- like small amounts at a time, depending on what the was light there between to- the people, not in ourselves. Well, it ends up being in yourself, right? Because if you're here for your own growth and evolution, that's your light. Mm-hmm. Your light depends upon how much you're growing and evolving. Now, it's not to say that your light will diminish. If you're just, but if you're not growing and evolving, it will. Mm. I mean, I hate endings. So all of this is like a supremely uncomfortable topic. Keep going. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but fascinating that this is episode four. Why is it episode so four? So early on when we're not finished talking about relationships. It'll become clearer as okay, we go. Fine. And what's the second thing then? So that there's so much more within our fate. And that person, that individual or whatever, however they are in your life cannot be part of that, that part of your fate, right? So they either cannot share the consciousness that you have that lies in that part of your fate tapestry or their purpose cannot align enough with yours, which is well, so basically what brings me joy and what bring you, brings you joy to the most part are entirely different things. Entirely different things or are putting us in entirely different parts of the world where we cannot bridge that distance. That's geo, you know, that's physical, or my consciousness and your consciousness, like, whoa, like way different. Like the way you react to things and the way I react to things are just so differently. Yeah. I mean, and again, if this is like a no, because the reason why reality, I'm saying this, because uh-huh. like, I don't think anyone's like, let me just go check my fate tapestry. <laughs> oh, okay. I see that an A and B don't match with Z and O over here. Or someone go, oh, let me just look at my consciousness barometer. So these things are actually quite like, they're not, they're intangible. So that's why I'm asking like the tangible-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Questions. No, no. That's, that's fair. That's mm. fair. I mean, I think for some, it's a bit more obvious for some others it may not be yeah and so again this is if you're if you were never in your karma okay karma never happened karma never happened which i have to keep reminding people because they're going to be listening to this maybe just out of their karma hopefully you're not no one's in their karma anymore that would be you know that's my dream this is different from when we're in our karma where we just want in and or out of a relationship depending on where we're at for relief from our pain or to reinforce it So our choice to stay or leave in that relationship is determined by our not good enough story, So basically what you're saying is I don't leave because being in a relationship is how I find my birth, for example. It validates me. I do leave because being the one that ends at first also validates me. So basically all the choices that we make around whether or not to stay in a relationship are to do with our our not good enough story. Yeah. Like how, how how we don't believe we're good enough. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So. So, but this isn't it. What do you mean? This isn't that. No, no, no. It's not that at all. No. This is the conscious realization that to one degree or another, not all relationships can exist in the same way for an entire lifetime, which is something that we have been socialized to believe. As just as our consciousness shifts, our relationships will shift. So. So This is a bit of modern love stuff. It is a bit that, but a bit more elevated than that. Okay, fine. Because so, I can't remember what the difference was, but I felt like we'd already surpassed modern love. No, we said divine union. This definitely isn't that. No, this isn't. This is kind of like, well, again, where, how do you know it's going to end? <laughs> well, no, and I guess it's more. It's not so much of like, how do you? It's like I'm ready for something new. 
I need something new. It's not even just that I'm ready, but this isn't serving me and I'm dying here. So what about the other person who they felt like it was? So in 5D, in harmony, in all these things, right? Karma never happened. Mm -hmm. I'm in a relationship. It is no, no longer serving them to be in it with me. Yeah. Okay. If it's not serving one, it is definitely not serving the other. Okay. And the other wants somewhere mm. is supporting that relationship to keep it going. Fine. Someone is. Someone's definitely going to be more invested than the other to keep it up. And either they're giving more of their light and they're trying to source as much as they can. And the other person is just pretty much like, whatever. Because I guess really when it comes to relationships answering my own questions again it's very annoying of me but you want to be in a relationship with someone who wants to be in a relationship with you presumably if you're not in your karma that's <laughs> yes. kind of the number exactly. one thing it's so if you don't want to choose yeah. me i don't want to be in a relationship with you right it's meant to be because mutual. that's going to make me feel like shit yeah 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 if i'm forcing this if i'm willing this for the both of us and yeah. you're just not in it i mean everything is meant to be mutual what happens if no one you know, it feels like no one wants to be in a relationship with that person because they're always the one being broken up with. How does that work? Okay. Well, when you're asking that question, it's a very karmic question. Okay. Interesting. Right. And I, I, I don't mean to me. keep indulging the like, well, let's just fantasize for a bit. We don't have our karma, but yeah. this is a non-karmic reality, right? Yeah. And we're having to bring that forward for people so yeah. they can really understand that it is possible. Yeah. No, I get it. So we have to be able to, but it's like anything else where, you know, you just think, is my luck going to run out? You don't stay in a relationship out of fear that you will never have another relationship. No, 100%. Oh my God, I've done that. It's terrible. A lot of people have done it. A lot of people do it. Yeah. It doesn't actually work. Everyone just ends up resenting each other. But the truth is also, is that when I think about it now, as you're saying that, is that actually when we're in our karma, just as a side note, we tend to perceive and then react and act from a place which effectively reinforces our karmic story, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you're unlovable, you're going to behave in a way that ensures that you continue to believe you are an unlovable. Well, you start indulging your own suffering. Yeah. So the suffering surfaces in many yeah. ways. And there are like, and not that plenty of fish is even a thing. No. Like, because actually when you know who you are and you're in your purpose and you're in your fate, ain't plenty of fish. It's a, a n- number of fish. <laughs> but there are a number of fish who will be drawn to you. Yes. Yeah, in your exactly, life. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, because it is not in most people's fate. And I will say this again. I'm assuming you kept it in the other episode, but I'll say it again. For, well, you said it so many times, but say I'm it gonna again I'm going to keep saying important. it because... For the majority of people out there, it is written in their fate. So then how does monogamy and marriage fit into that? (sighs) So monogamy and marriage spans are going to change in the short term as we really grapple with what commitment means and growth and fate and how everything fits together. So we're not going to just see fewer marriages and people taking longer to get married, but definitely more marriages not lasting a lifetime and Because we're going to have to, and it hasn't yet surfaced because nothing changes until things surface, right? Like nothing can fundamentally change within society until it's been really served up in our faces, right? So until then, if we're grappling with it individually, it kind of remains underground. And so what we've been dealing with in this kind of like as we're coming into fifth dimensional oneness consciousness or as we're just really grappling with coming into full consciousness in higher consciousness, we're really having to allow a lot of the shit from our separation reality to surface. One of the things that we have not yet fully approached, but is coming, it will peak by 2026, 
is the lack of integrity within the institution of marriage. And that has a lot to do with our approach to monogamy and how monogamy was used to keep the institution of marriage what it was, but has also led to a great deal of dysfunction, which is why I think in the next episode or two, we're going to be talking about infidelity. Oh, fun. We've been dealing with the fact that our perspective on those things have been hurt and damaged. You know, mostly in an individual level, we will be dealing with it in the social level coming up. So in prior yeah. generations, it was, you know, there were children of divorce. My husband is a child of divorce. We're also going to be looking at the fact that people are going to be splitting before even having children. We're just going to be like, what is this all about? And we are forced to question it. Why as am a I getting society. married rather than just living together? What what is the point of being married? Right. Yeah. Right. Because I have to have a reason. I mean, I have to have a conscious reason. I need to be entering into this consciously as in full body conscious rather than we've been together for x amount of time and now we need to be committed to each other with a piece of paper and a piece of metal exactly yeah which actually means nothing unless you choose it only means what it only means what you allow it to mean not because other people tell you what it means to be fair i've never seen you wear a wedding ring oh yeah no i don't really wear mine yeah what we forget (laughs) is in every moment we interact with our partner we're choosing them Mm-hmm. We're choosing them to be our partner. And we may not be choosing them tomorrow. We may, may not, we may not be choosing them the day after. We may not even be choosing them that evening. But yeah. we are choosing them. Yeah. So un- until we remove, like we have to take responsibility for the fact that to be with someone means that we are choosing them in that moment. Yeah. And that is actually something I think we all miss. So when we're talking about marriage, what effectively we're saying is I'm choosing you and I'm, and I'm choosing to continue to choose you forever. Yes. Which not everybody can come into that space. I mean, that feels like quite a big choice. It is a big choice. And for some people, especially in this time of uncertainty, that's not necessarily a choice that many people can make. They're no. not in a position to. No. So, so instead it's, oh, I'm going to choose you until I stop choosing you because then we'll just get a divorce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until I discover that maybe it's just kind of inconvenient. Or yeah. maybe you don't fit my life. 10 years from now, because I don't, I haven't quite figured it out. And so we used to kind of use certain checkpoints or barometers for compatibility of like, well, once I'm in my career, I can get married because then I know what I'm doing and I can support, et cetera. But as we know, not all jobs last. (laughs) No, but I'm just going to say it. How is that any fucking different from saying once I'm in my purpose or saying once I know who I am and I found my soul, I found my soulmate. How is that any different? It's just a different way of saying the same thing, which is no, once I know true, who I am. because one is an external, because one is an external thing, my career, but one is the internal thing of I really know who I am. And therefore I'm so much, I'm, I know my truth. I own it. That choice is a lot easier. It's a lot clearer. But then also even knowing it, and we've spoken about growth and evolution now in a lot of these episodes about how you change. I could choose someone tomorrow, but in three years time, I could be such a different person. They might just not fit me anymore. Yeah. So when you are in that stage, a non-karmic reality, okay, which shifts things because that's a way different landscape, you will likely be with somebody whose growth and evolution will match yours if you've met them at a certain stage of your life. So how do you know... You may not know, but you know yourself well enough that... It's worth a punt? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Because you have that level of clarity. Again, it goes back to that. you're okay with the endings that if it doesn't work... Right. Or if it morphs. But the thing is, long-term relationships do have endings. They do, but they're not permanent. No, I don't mean endings as in, you know, we're over. But I've been married for over 20 years now, and we've had a few endings... And we've needed those endings in order to begin again. 
and we choose each other every time. I've chosen him. To, I think he seems to think that it's all good. <laughs> I seem to bear a lot of the emotional weight of our relationship <laughs> where I'm the one who's like aware that maybe we're in crisis because he's in crisis or something. And I'm like, okay, I can't keep holding this together for us while you stress and freak yourself out about something because whatever. But I also can't necessarily, if he's in the throes of something, like I'll share a brief story because I had a feeling it would come up. Like there was a time when I wanted to leave. I was done. I couldn't hold it together anymore. When was this? This was when we were in Brazil. Actually, it was, well, he was in a constant state of crisis in Brazil. And we moved to Brazil because I knew, I knew, and I even wrote a book about it, which I never published, but I knew that he, he was, the shit was going to hit the fan for him. And we also discussed this in one of our previous episodes as well. Possibly. About Brazil and the song, uh, Bittersweet. Oh yeah, Bittersweet yeah, Symphony. Yeah. Like when I had to leave LA and yeah. I was like, this is my Bittersweet Symphony because I'm about to, this shit's going to get worse, not yeah. better. And I embraced it because I'm always up for change and growth because that's just my sick self. <laughs> I mean, you can shake your head all you want, but yeah. that's how it works for me. And so, yeah, things got shittier for him. And of course, we know that that's part of one's karmic process. And it is really hard to be with somebody who's going through their own shit. Not like I was probably really pleasant going through my own shit, but whatever. So then we moved to New York and things got worse, right? Because he faced a great deal of insecurity and I, I was done. I was with some, I had been with our small children and I was like, I can't mother someone else. I can't carry this. And it wasn't like I was caring at all. I mean, he was still feeling everything. It wasn't like I was making it all better. But I could not hold it together anymore. And I was sitting, and I would sit there and I'd just be like, I, I feel done. I feel so done. I can't do this anymore. It was hurting me. But at the same time, I also knew I couldn't pull the rug out from under him, especially because he's somebody with massive abandonment issues. It's a very cruel thing to do. It didn't feel right because I knew that it would make it a lot worse for him. And at the same time, what was I going to do? You know, like when we're in a lot of pain, we, we come at it from this space of like, I just want to feel better. So leaving him would have made me feel better, but would have not necessarily created a better situation or better life for myself. It just would have alleviated the discomfort I was feeling in that moment or for those months. And then I would have had to deal with all the other shit on the other end of that. So, and I just remember thinking, and I know I've said this and written this, but your person isn't necessarily their pain. People are not their pain, no. right? And so I was like, okay, well, let's just see how, let's, let's see how things go, right? He got a new job. Things got a lot better over time. Did he know that you wanted to leave? No. Again, I would have never, I would never tell him in that moment. That would have been awful. Because then he would have tried to ameliorate things for me and not necessarily for himself. And then we would have found ourselves in the same position a year or two later, yeah. never without him actually dealing with his own issues. Because that's what I needed him to do was deal with his issues. And then if then things didn't get better for us by him, you then I would have known. Yeah. Then I would have known. But it did get better for us. Yeah. And when you have small kids, that's also just an extra stressor. And so sometimes you just, you need time. Now, in this kind of scenario here, in this episode we're discussing, if we were never in our karma, when I really think about when we first met and I think about all the times in which when we're not suffering on the weight of our karma, how much fun we have and how much we have in common. So still our paths continue 
to run parallel. Well, that's just how I know our, we're still good because our paths are still running parallel. And I think that's what you mean. Like when we talk about endings and endings are continuous and I was talking about some people come back in or some people come back out and all this Mm -hmm. stuff is that even actually when it comes to the relationships at last, they end all the time. Yeah, they do. Because here was our karmic phase. Now that's done, Mm -hmm. which is very rare, but still. Mm -hmm. Here is the bit where we're pre-children, post-children, in between, living in one country, living in another, different careers, the, the dynamics, the way people interact with each other. Relationships are shifting and growing all the time, which means they're always having endings. Mm-hmm. And until we really can understand that with endings come beginnings, and endings don't mean what we think they mean, yeah. and beginnings don't mean what they think they mean, and everything is just a bit continuous but constantly improving, mm-hmm. we're never going to be able to really be able to grow and evolve because we're always going to be stuck scared for what the next thing is going to be yeah but when you look at it as what if it never happened then the question is what if we're not scared of the next step because we know that the next step brings more joy then would we be open to seeing where this relationship does go and Mm -hmm. allowing it to evolve because it could evolve into something greater or it could make space for someone else greater right yeah because actually at the end of the day if we keep looking at things like an end goal like oh we made our 75th wedding anniversary thanks medical miracles also because we're living in like you know 2060 or whatever <laughs> um, you know then then we all deserve a prize and it's just like wait a second no but how many moments of joy did you have that's what relationships need to be measured on mm-hmm. how many moments of joy how many yeah and we tell ourselves survival is you know joy comes out of survival mm-hmm. or surviving things right and we made the best of this and you're like well no you know but are you having fun yeah because for me one of the gauges or when i think things are starting to stagnate i look at well when was the last time we laughed together yeah when was the last time we had fun because it is very easy to get mired in your daily grind question hmm. do you equate like w- w- the health of your relationship with a sex life or not really because i know a lot of people oh, yeah, say no, that when you really get married important. like it, it you know it ebbs and flows especially when you have children i would mean, you know people are lying if that's if they say that's not the case and you need to be ready for that but at the same time you generally are because again as you're growing and evolving you can accept that maybe there're just certain times and certain years where things slow down mm. because you're going through so much mm. right but that always brings me back to well how much fun are you having and by the way as we record this episode full transparency my husband's having you know we still live a lockdown life mm. and it has it's hurt as we said, you know, I'm moving and I'm looking forward to that move because I know that it will break the cycle that we've mm. been in, mm. you know, but we, we live with this or, and I live with this, <laughs> but we live with this consciously where it's something that we address because it's not easy. Mm. It's not easy that he's underfoot and that I work from home and he has to work from home and he has less human interaction than I do. Right. Like there's a lot oh, of things. Human interaction is me. Oh, no, I have friends. (laughs) Thanks, Rhea. (laughs) It is really helpful, but I do have friends. (laughs) I do have family. I'm quite quite boring. No, it's not that you're boring. It's just you don't want the weight of, you don't want to be the weight of being somebody's everything. No. And I've had to be that and be in that role for him as a result of the circumstance that we were in. And that's not easy. But the fact that I can share that and also know that that's going to be, that's also coming to an end. Mm. And I'm not saying I live for that ending. It's just, it just, that's also temporary. So one also has to really gauge is what you're going through something that is temporary. Yeah. 
Or is it more permanent? And why is that? But, you know, some people, they don't necessarily want to deal with it. I make the choice because I know we're better together. I'm better. I like the life I have with him, even if we have these bumps sometimes. So funny, a relationship, an episode about endings ended up being about the entire opposite. (laughs) Well, no, not necessarily. No, no, but it's just interesting. As much as we're saying that there are more endings to come for a lot of people as we see in terms of like this kind of move towards oneness consciousness and things kind of falling apart. It's not that marriage and covenantal relationships will end with that. Like they won't go with 3D separation. We can still bring them into oneness consciousness. But we can only do that consciously. When we choose someone and we're aware we're choosing them every day. Yeah, and they choose us and Mm. we're not forcing it, right? We haven't Mm. become complacent. We haven't fallen into this mold. We're not influencing them. No. By being their, I don't know, financial, emotional, physical, anything, source of anything. No, exactly. And I guess the only way you can truly consciously choose a covenantal relationship is I don't need you, but I want you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vice versa. yeah, but you need to know yourself to be able to say that mm. and to know that clearly and come at it from a space where it's not about the validation or the affirmation or you're not good enough story or this pattern that you have, right? Or you're just, you're too insecure to think about what could life be like outside of that. Because that I, could be better. It could be in many ways. Yeah. I mean, I'm aware of what my life could look like beyond but I'm also not going to indulge in that fantasy either because I also know the reality of life as well and what I need what my needs are what my wants are we hit points for our souls that we just need to move forward and evolve and what does that look like thank you for listening for more information articles and inspiration find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.